This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction or a mental health disorder, now's the time to seek the help you need. Let this be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. You're not alone and Promises Behavioral Health is here and they can help. Now, we've worked with Promises for years. We know their teams personally. We have some great relationships with them. And most importantly, we trust them. And that means you can too. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you, for you, or your loved one, here's what you can do. You can go to promises.com slash sober guy. That's promises.com slash sober guy. Or you can just pick up the phone and call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. This morning and every morning on the way to the gym, I drink a no carbs company. NOCO, as it's also known by the can, is a beverage packed with branched chain amino acids, vitamins, and 180 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, it's also sugar-free, and it tastes pretty damn good. Um, now, it's, uh, it's four different vitamins, uh, and it's available in five different flavors. You got Lemon Del Sol, you got Miami, Caribbean, Tropical, and Peach, uh, and uh, the BCAA, the branch chain amino acids in NOCO, uh, are great for recovery. Uh, that's why I drink it before the gym. Uh, and the drink is carbonated, it's sugar-free, it's low-carb, it's just damn good, okay? Let's just leave it at that. It's super good. It's 12 ounces, and they also have caffeine-free options if you'd like to try one of those, you're not for the caffeine. So for more information, you want to get a case of NOCO, uh, here's what you can do. You can go to NOCO.com noco.com that's n-o-c-c-o.com and pick up your favorite no carbs company drink today that sober guy podcast contains adult content merciless truth and emotional nudity listener discretion is advised i'm shane raymer you're listening to that sober guy podcast and we help people stay sober if it's your first time listening welcome i'm so glad that you're here today you have tuned in to a amazing episode today. Our guest is a great friend of mine, someone who's been around since the early days of that sober guy. He's really been a supporter of the show. Uh, man, since I can even remember back when we first started that first year or so. He's a revolutionary recovery expert, best-selling author, inspirational speaker, an addiction treatment specialist. He's helped countless people through his simple yet powerful teachings. He's the creator of Conscious Recovery Method, which is a groundbreaking and effective approach to, view, uh, to viewing and treating addictions. His name is TJ Woodward, and I'm so excited to have him back on the podcast today. And I'm going to formally introduce him here in just a second. You can find all of our resources, like our free 10-day guide to help jumpstart your life without alcohol. Our 30-day Quit Drinking Dude Challenge. You can join our Sober Guy Men's Crew on the Locals Platform podcast resources. Find it all at thatsoberguy.com and follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. All the links from everything we talk about today will be in the show notes. Mr. TJ Woodward, it's so great to have you back on the podcast, man. How are you? I'm doing great, Shane. Thank you. I'm excited. And, you know, we have been collaborating for years and I love watching that Sober Guy podcast grow and all the people you've helped. So, you know, I love being in conversation with you. So this is fun for me. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. Same, same here, dude. You've been a supporter of the show and uh, just my own journey and stuff since the early days, like I mentioned. So it's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, I know we haven't really had a, a chance to to catch up in a while, but I know you got some cool things going on. We're going to get to conscious creation, five steps to embracing the life of your dreams. And so just to give our audience just a quick little um, insight into that, it's like, what do you do after you quit drinking or after you kick bad habits or after you kick addictions, what do we do now? So we're going to dive into a little bit more of that. Um, first, I'd love to just hear what you're up to, man. I know you're back down uh, or you're down now in Southern California, Los Angeles area. Um, what's up, man? How's things been going and what's TJ Woodward uh, been up to? Well, thank you. Yeah, I moved to Southern California um, a year and a half ago. Time is very interesting these days, but I think it's been a year and a half. Mostly came down here to you know connect with different treatment programs. There's so many opportunities here for treatment programs to learn about conscious recovery. And we're absolutely loving it. It's so beautiful down here. I love Northern California. I love Southern California. So yeah. really incredibly grateful meeting some new people, connecting with other people. Um, you know, there's so much focus down here in the greater Southern California area on helping people uh, break their cycle of addiction. And so I'm grateful to be a part of that and making some, some pretty awesome connections down here. Awesome, man. I love to hear it. Yeah, you're, you're so right. There's so much recovery going down in Southern California from Los Angeles County, Orange County, San Diego County, like all the way down that stretch. There's just uh, some awesome stuff going down. So um, good to hear you're doing good. Um, let's, let's dive in. And first what I want to do, uh, you, like I mentioned in the, in the intro today, you're the creator of the conscious recovery method. And so what I'd like to do is, is just for those out there listening who maybe this is their first time being introduced to you and to your work, maybe just give us a quick recap of conscious recovery, what it's about and how it helps other people, uh, with their recovery issues. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to start by a, a story that for a long time, I wasn't telling. And recently, it feels like it's important to talk about. And that is when I was somewhere around 18 months to two years sober, I found myself suicidal. And I was, you know, this was in 1986, 1987. I got sober in 86. So this was probably 1987. And the paradigm at that time was don't worry about anything but not drinking. Just don't drink today. Your life is a miracle. Now go help someone else. And that had worked really well for me for that 18 months or two years. But I was also curious of why I wanted to die, to be really mm. honest. Wow. And I discovered that I had not addressed the underlying root causes of my addiction. And when I stopped drinking and using, I had that what we call a pink cloud experience, right? I was just grateful to be sober. I wasn't going to lose my job. I, had, I was building new relationships. I wasn't hungover. Um, I was actually showing up to work. All of that was really great. Um, but along the way, I realized there was something much deeper happening here. And I met a woman named Mary Helen. She changed my life and she introduced me to a concept or a way of being with recovery that was really different. And that was twofold. One, reconnecting with our essential nature that we you know, the ideas that we came into this world as a whole imperfect spiritual being. Mm. And then life happened and we began to believe that we were broken, damaged, not good enough. And also the idea that recovery is much more about unlearning than it is about learning. So it's really about an inner journey of what needs to be examined and 
really what needs to be unlearned so that we can return back to that whole and perfect spiritual being. So that's really like how it all started. And then it became a mission of mine to help other people reconnect with themselves in a, in a profound way. And I started working in the addiction treatment field in 2008. And it was just abundantly clear to me that people were coming back to treatment multiple times, not once or twice, but I, you know, I was meeting people that said, I'm in my ninth treatment program and I'm 24 years old. And so I started asking myself the question, how can we as, a, as an industry, how can we as people who support people do better and offer some, some new ways to view addiction? So I created Conscious Recovery. It's a book, it's a workbook, it's an online experience for people. Um, I also go into treatment programs and train them on this model. And this model is really asking the question, what gets created when we view our clients as broken and what might get created if we started helping them access their own wholeness and their own inner wisdom. So that's the very short version. And it's yeah. been a really fun journey for me. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. Thank you for breaking that down and, and, and simplifying it uh, so well. Um, man, I can't tell you how many times I, I share your work and, um, and the idea of the unlearning versus learning, because I, you, you were the one who, where I first heard that from, at least that I can remember from, and I believe it was on one of the first podcasts we did and we were talking and, um, and, and you, you know, you kind of explain that a little bit. We, we think that, you know, there's these things that we need to do and there's actions we need to take. And there is, don't, don't get me wrong, but, um, the brain is wired uh, it's been uh, wired and um, almost domesticated for so many years. And I, I kind of take that from Don Miguel Ruiz in uh, The Four Agreements, that domestication. Um, but how do we unwire and how do we unlearn those habits and those thoughts and those things that have been um, really ingrained in our brains and in our minds that shape our identities as we get into adulthood? And then those things start to come out in different ways. So, um, man, thank you for sharing that with me. I've been able to pass it on to, I was just talking about it in a meeting. As a matter of fact, last night, our Wednesday, uh, sober guy men's meeting and, um, man, it's, it's really good stuff. I really appreciate, uh, the conscious recovery method and, and the whole program. And I love to hear that you're just going into treatment centers. I follow, I get the emails and stuff, man. And you're, you're in there just bringing, um, your experience, your life, your work all to so many people and helping them. So just so awesome to see. Oh, thank you, Shane. Yeah, I just, I have so much passion for this because, you know, having that moment where I realized I didn't want to be here anymore and there was so much pain and so much suffering that was underneath the surface, trapped in my unconscious, it became my life's mission. And it's so rewarding because hearing you talk about it and uh, quite frankly, going into treatment programs and meeting clients and I see them, you know, I went to a treatment program recently and I was, um, they, you know, no one knew who, knew who I was there, which is great. And there was someone with the conscious recovery book and they were talking about their conscious recovery group with another client and how rewarding awesome. it was. And I thought, how cool is this that I'm standing like six feet from them? They have no idea who I am, you know, that I wrote the yeah. book and created it because it's not about that, right? It's about yeah. that light in someone's eyes that I could see in this person. And he was sharing um, with, with this newer client, oh no, these conscious recovery groups are so cool. You're going to love yeah. them. And it was like, that to me is the reward. That really, I mean, I love doing all these interviews and everything, but the true reward is really being able to witness that yeah. uh, anonymously. It was one of the coolest experiences I, that I can remember. 
is is that strange to you sometimes to see the work you've done it because it's almost like it takes on a life of itself it's not like you you hit it on the head it's not about you anymore as it's out it's pushed outward into the world into the universe into these circles and now people are actually having their own experiences through something that you created which is pretty damn cool yeah i mean i the way i frame it in my own mind because you know there had been times in my life trust me, it's been all about me. And I thought it was all about me. And you should all know it's all about me. (laughs) And now I realize there's something so much greater than any individual human. And when I have these moments, I reflect back on Mary Helen, who was my mentor, who really demonstrated all all of this for me. And I I tune into her energy. She she made her transition um, in 1998. So she's no longer in her physical body, but she I tune into her energy and then I just feel so much gratitude because gosh, just being in her presence, I remember my heart opening for the first time in years and years and years. And when I see a client doing that, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Mary Helen, right? It's like, there's this legacy of like, and she probably had someone that did that for her. And that's really, I think when we tune into that purpose, life becomes so much more rewarding than when I was trying to make it all about me, which yeah. can be fun, but it can also be really painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like short-lived fun. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is happening right now? Um, well, I want to get to conscious creation. Um, uh, and, but before I do that, I just want to ask you one more quick question. I actually kind of want to get your thoughts on something that's been coming up a lot for me because I was interested in your take on this is, you know, throughout this whole, um, and I'll just kind of stick with alcohol on this one, but I think it's applicable to a lot of different, um, you know, addictions or bad habits or, um, anything that, that we may struggle with. Um, the more that I've kind of gone on in this own path in my own life, I've come to this realization in the last year or so of how bad my consciousness was suppressed by alcohol in particular, and then other substances kind of like I mentioned, but there was a there was a gate holding me back from my true purpose from my true experience as a human being as a man as a father as a husband a friend i mean go down the list and it started with the ability to cut those things that i was using to numb myself because i always say too i don't have so much a problem with alcohol and drugs i mean that's obvious but really my problem is feeling i don't know how to do it i don't like to do it 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 is something that um it it feels alien to me sometimes and so you know as i've gone on and and that has become more evident to me um I, I have been able to feel my consciousness start to evolve and start to and start to raise, and I have this desire to seek this higher vibration, this higher self, you know. And it and it's really cool. It's really it's actually fun, and it's there, there's highs and lows. I think in the process, but I hope that makes sense. I know that's I know that's a lot of um, some or at least some of the work that you have done uh, at least uh, at at a high level. And I just wanted to kind of hear your take on on some of those thoughts that I've had and if you've experienced that yourself and and how it might relate to anyone else out there listening. Well, first of all, yes, yes, and yes, I agree with everything <laughs> you said. I mean, I I have the opportunity of connecting with people on planet earth that have a very high spiritual vibration that didn't ever suffer from any kind of addiction, Mm. but they don't tend to drink alcohol or use drugs because they want their consciousness to be as clear as possible. Uh, For those of us who did at some point or continue to struggle with addiction in some sort, 
I think you know this, Shane, but in conscious recovery, we we call addiction a brilliant strategy, not a coping mechanism, because we are, like you said, so perfectly. And, and I think I love that your focus is on men now. And you talked about the the feeling aspect, right? Because yeah. even today, you know, we've changed, we've evolved, we've grown. And even today, a lot of men are, are really encouraged to not feel. Now, it, you know, usually isn't said. Um, it used to be said, you know, you're a boy, you just man up and don't cry. But yeah. Now it's more subtle, but it's like men get celebrated for their physical strength and their intellect, right? And so this idea that we come into recovery and we need to learn how to feel because if it's true that alcohol or drugs or really any other addiction that we're practicing is a brilliant strategy, oftentimes the strategy is related to emotions, right? It's related yeah. to not feeling or numbing the feeling or changing the feeling. And so when we get sober, uh, that's the first step. And a lot of times people tend to look at emotions through the lens of good and bad or right and wrong. And I will often say there's no such thing as a negative emotion. Uh, if it's true that I was using drugs and alcohol to escape from my emotions, change my emotions or numb them, then recovery is really about learning how to be present with them. And as I sit with emotions, because you, you talked about Don Miguel Ruiz, so the pre-domesticated human, they're in touch with their feelings. A two-year-old or a three-year-old will let us know exactly how they're feeling. And if we let them, they will express that feeling and then go back to their natural state, which is joy. And I think men, boys get a higher dose of, you know, you shouldn't feel that way or, you know, certain yeah. feelings are okay, but certain other ones are not. So recovery is actually about learning how to be present with our feelings. Then we get into this, this conversation about elevating our consciousness, which is really what I'm up to. And that, that can <laughs> yeah. sound really esoteric. It's really like, what is the frequency I'm vibrating from? You know, my, my frequency was I'm broken, I'm damaged, I'm effed up. And I kept experiencing that on the world, right? So yeah. consciousness is nothing more than the energy that I'm tuned into or the framework that I'm holding about myself in the world. So as we, you know, remove the alcohol first step, right? For those of us who have addiction. And then it's about, like you said, learning how to be present with the emotions. And then we can start to get to these deeper questions of, you know, am I creating reality based on my point of view? And if yeah. that's true, how do I begin to change that? And a wise person once said, there are three steps, awareness, awareness, and awareness. <laughs> I love it. That's like the secret, you know, awareness, you know, in, yeah. and being present, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, you, cause you can't fix, you can't work on, you can't practice what you're not aware of, I guess. So I love that. I haven't heard that one, by the way, there's three steps, <laughs> triple, triple a, triple a. There, we go. Right. there you yeah. go. Well, I, I feel like that's a great, um, kind of lead in into conscious creation, five steps to embracing the life of your dreams. Uh, so let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. So at one point I promised myself, I'd never be the person who had the three-step process, the eight steps to <laughs> yeah. freedom. And here I am, the five steps to embracing the life of your dreams. And I've given it an acronym and the acronym is MOVIE, M-O-V-I-E. And the essential premise of it is that we're holding the projector. We are creating reality based on the lens or the projector or the way I'm viewing it. And for me, 
in the beginning of my life, I had no idea that was even true. And then once I discovered, oh, is it possible that I'm the one creating what I call reality? Actually, it became even more painful for me because I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, this is what I'm creating? Because it looks like a mess. My relationships are messed up. And this is way into sobriety. This is, not, this is not when I was drinking and using. And so then I became curious about how to start to change that point of view. And that's really where the acronym movie comes in. So if we, so do you want to dive into those five steps? And is that, that's the acronym movie, right? Is the yeah, five steps. Do, do, yeah. can, we, can we go through them or can you yeah, touch on them? Okay. Yeah. Let's go through the five steps. So okay. M is making peace with the past. Mm. O, overcoming core false beliefs. V, visioning. I, intention setting and E, embodying the vision. And those first two steps, making peace with the past and overcoming core false beliefs are what I call the clearing steps because, you know, in recovery circles, certainly in spiritual circles, um, kind of in the law of attraction is out there now, we tend to think, I want to visualize what I want to create and create intentions around that and manifest them. That's kind of the conversation. But I I realized through my own journey and in the hundreds of clients I've worked with, we can't really create the life of our dreams if we're still replaying the old nightmares, right? So if I haven't made peace with my past, I'm carrying it everywhere. If I haven't overcome these core false beliefs that keep me feeling stuck, I'm going to keep replicating it. So it's really those first two steps are about how do I make peace with what has happened in my past, which to me is different than forgiveness, which we could talk about. And then how do I begin to realize that these core false beliefs I'm carrying actually create the reality? So an example for me is I thought I was unlovable. I believed that, but it wasn't really just a thought. It was more of a a vibration. Like Like I was vibrating with this unlovability and I would walk into a room and choose the person that would help validate that. And it wasn't conscious. Consciously, I was like, please love me, please love me. Let me find the yeah. perfect relationship, the perfect job. Then I can be happy. But underneath all of that was this vibration. And, you know, it's pure science. Frequencies align. Yeah. I'm going to find the person in the room that vibrates with that same frequency. So, you know, you talked earlier about conscious, you know, most of that's happened in the unconscious. So these first two steps are, how do I clear that away so that I can actually, to use a metaphor within a metaphor, to have a blank canvas so that yeah. I can actually paint the life that I want to create? Yeah. Well, well, gosh, and I feel like that goes back to the awareness thing, right? We have to be aware of this stuff to start to work on it. And then you could probably throw in some acceptance at, at one point or another too. Um, and if, gosh, I'm just looking at this making peace with the past. And, and if you don't mind, I just want to share a quick example of that for me um, has just been with my father. You know, I've done so much work and I had so much resentment and stuff with him over the years. And Um, you know, I was sitting, this was, this was just a few months ago and my wife and I were just sitting in the living room and, um, I don't even know what it, what it was. She brought up something. It wasn't any big deal. And and my dad came up and I just, I just had this moment of like pure peace come over me and pure acceptance. And I just looked at my, my wife and I just said, Hey, 
I I just forgive my dad. Like I love him. Like I I don't care. He's just doing the best he knows how to do, and it just is. Like he's living his life, and you know. And it was just this moment of like letting go. I think to that stuff that really had nothing to do with him. It was actually me holding on to all this stuff, and so I was creating my own. And it was very subconscious too, because I wouldn't, it would pop up in weird places. Like I wouldn't have any issues for months. And this went on for years, you know, have any issues for months. And then all of a sudden I'd be driving somewhere with my son or something. And I'd just get pissed off and think, why didn't I have, you know, why didn't he do this with me? Or just, I mean, that's a, a, a quick example, but like that stuff, man, like gone, like making peace with the past is so, um, well, it's powerful, but it's also that 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 foundation that has to be set so i really love that one man yeah i mean that you you spoke to it so beautifully because you know we often think of forgiveness through the lens of good and bad and right and wrong right and yeah. so I, I think about the things that i had an idea that my dad did wrong and it's such a great example because it's so true in my life too and i was carrying around this story that dad was never home uh, never home never there for me did not love me um and it was really painful for me and when i was early in my recovery i remember talking to my two sisters and i realized that my younger sister has a completely different story her story was dad was oh. there he was present he was loving wow. she felt so seen and I'm like, did we grow up in the same house? Like, what happened <laughs> yeah. here? And so it occurred to me at a deeper level at that moment that it's less about what happened and more about what I decided about myself because of what happened, yeah. right? So we can have these experiences. And, you know, we know that eyewitnesses, you know, if you think about a crime and an eyewitness, they're pretty unreliable. And it's not because someone is... Um, wrong or lying to themselves or anyone else it's we perceive it through our own lens right and yeah. so the last thing i would ever want to say to someone let's say they have you know a traumatic experience in childhood we're not going to say oh your parents did the best they could you know just let that go that's not going to be useful right yeah but it is useful i think to say this is what happened what did you decide about yourself because of what happened and how is that still alive within you? And then we can unplug from the person and plug into ourselves because that's really where the empowerment comes from. Yeah. Um, we could say I'm powerless over the past. That's debatable. That could be a whole show. But <laughs> what I do have the power now is to look at how it affected me, what the core false belief I'm carrying is, and how I can start to heal that. And the thing that's that can be liberating is it literally has nothing to do with the other person, right? So yeah, exactly. I, I remember one time I was working with a client and she was so angry at, at the person who sexually abused her. And I understand, of course, of course she was yeah. angry, right? Valid, valid feeling. But then she disclosed to me that he had died years earlier. Mm. And she literally said, I just want him to say he's sorry. Mm. Wow. And there was a moment that I realized that m many of us are wanting the other person to say they're sorry. And in her case, it was clear that it could never happen because he had died. Yeah. And so we started shifting into not what he did, right? And we're not minimizing what happened, but what was that like for you as a little girl? What did you decide about yourself? How has yeah. that affected your relationship with men, with yourself, with your sexuality? I mean, so many layers. And then we got down to that little girl that needed to be seen and heard that was by the people in her life 
And she was able to start providing that for herself through a process of really discovering that wound that was in her. You know, Don Miguel Ruiz also says, it's not your words that hurt me. It's that you've touched an unhealed wound. And I love that because the wound is there and it's wanting healing. And the only person that can actually provide it is ourselves. We get to do that for ourselves. And, and that can be a lifelong process, but it can also happen in an instant. Yeah, and it is. It's it's crazy how you know we're. I don't know if you would you would say we're wired this way or or what it exactly is, but we project those feelings and stuff and blame onto the person. When yes, like like you said, you're not you know minimizing the action or the the incidents that happened. They're terrible, um, you know, but it's really within ourselves and to work through some of this. So to kind of tie that last one up so, so we can move on to, to the V um, a lot of that is those core false beliefs, right? And that even goes back to you and your sister, right? She had, she saw it one way and you saw it the complete opposite, which shaped that false belief. Well, it, I guess you could say it was hers, the false belief or was yours. I mean, that's, I don't know how right. you go there, but like, I, but yeah, it's like, it's two different things and you both had different perspectives on it at, at the end of the day. Right. Well, and that's the key, right? Because we're, 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 we're very programmed to believe in good, bad, right, wrong, yeah. that it's, it's tempting for, for us to say, um, well, which, which one, who was more, more right about this? Yeah. Well, guess what? We're both 100% correct because it's how we perceived it. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll often hear this. And I think Gabor Mate will say this, it's not what happened. It's the pain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what pain was there for me and ultimately, I'm the one that's now responsible for taking care of that little seven-year-old, that little six-year-old that decided the world wasn't safe. And, you know, I shut down and built a wall around my heart. And so I couldn't possibly create the life of my dreams with that wall around my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, all right. So let, let's move on to the VIE. We got about five minutes here. I just want to make sure we, we respect it. time. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, V is visioning, and and I'll just give a very simple uh, definition of visioning. When we hear the term visioning, we might think of visualization, which is really popular in our culture. We might even think of vision boards. And a vision board, if someone's not familiar, is you you, you you take a a piece of poster board and you put everything you want to manifest on the board, and you hold the energy of that, and then you manifest it. Visioning is something really, really different than that. And there's nothing wrong with that. What I want to say is, the deeper approach to me is more sustainable and it's more profound. Visioning is about clearing away any idea about what I think I want and tapping into that place within ourselves because I know that each and every one of us has inner wisdom. Yeah, Uh, We can call it intuition. We can call it, some would call it like our divine self. We all have a different way of framing it. But underneath all the layers, there's a place within us that has a lot of information. So visioning is about being quiet enough after we've made peace with the past, after we've done some work in overcoming these core false beliefs, we spend time in the silence asking what's the highest possibility for my life. Mm -hmm. And we receive messages. And my friend, uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith, he's written a whole book on visioning. And he's just such a pioneer in this field of listening intently to this the small voice sometimes we hear it called that i actually don't think it's small it's actually a very powerful guiding inner force listen from that place and then from there we go into the i and the e which is intention setting and embodying 
when I'm quiet enough to listen and ask the fundamental question, what's the highest possibility for my life? Sometimes it comes up in pictures. Sometimes it comes up as something very tangible. Sitting with that, sitting with that imagery, and then from there, creating specific intentions. And in my book, Conscious Creation, and in the workbook, I break it down into some very, very tangible steps that I received from my friend Gregory. And it's just been life-changing for me. Then you move into the action, which is where a lot of people want to start. And so in this model, it's really clearing away, listening, then creating the intentions. And the E is really simple. It's just being the frequency of that which we want to create. Um, When I realize that I have a purpose and there's meaning for my life and I listen to that inner wisdom, tune into that and start to be conscious of vibrating from that frequency. And then life starts to feel like magic and things, the doors seem to open where there were only walls as cliche as that sounds. Oh no, that's so, it's so great. And I I just have a, I mean, a picture of that as you're saying it, because it's so true. And I experienced it firsthand myself too. And that's, that's what I was getting at earlier, just saying that, you know, back in those days of, um, you know, of, of drinking and using drugs and uh, just that whole that whole just confusion. There was one thing that I knew and I could feel deep down and it was, it was, it was like, it was burning. It was this little, this little like spark. And I I knew that there was purpose. I knew there was something, but I didn't know how to access it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, I, I love this, um, embracing the life of your dreams because I really do have a passion for it too, man. Like I want to see people, um, especially men, you know, who are, who are leaders and who they, they know that there's something else out there. And I mean, you, you've created a great, um, you know, a great five-step process to going through some of that stuff. So thanks so much for sharing it with us on the podcast today, man. And I, man, we gotta, we gotta, do, I just went by so fast. I feel like there's so much more I want to talk about. We're going to have to have you back on, uh, here sometime soon, if that's cool with you. Oh my gosh. Let's do conscious creation part two. You know, I let's love do this. It. So just, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, um, where can folks reach out to you? Where can they get the books? Where can they find more info if they want to connect with, uh, with you, TJ? Super easy. TJWoodward.com. You'll find everything there. And I'm so delighted to um, you know, connect with all of you. I send out a daily inspirational quote. You can find me on all the social media, but that's the best place to go. Awesome. Go, go check it out, folks. And uh, TJ, once again, man, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, bro. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll have to connect here soon. Great. Thank you so much, Shane. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, you can check us out at thatsoberguy.com and uh, make sure you go to tjwoodward.com and uh, connect with TJ there. Find the books uh, and sign up for the emails. Share the podcast with a friend. Connect with us on That Sober Guy or on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean. Your